welcome everybody to the Genshin Impact. Oh, hang on, no, the uh, the Magic <laughs> Beans podcast. <laughs> we are back again for episode number fifty nine, and uh, as you can see with our quality intro tonight, it's going to be a casual night tonight, and I have just a couple of beans on the line of me. So we have Cracker. How's it going, mate? Good. Do I need to go get my daughter? She you do. She yes, plays Genshin. I'll go and get mine. Right. Yeah, and uh, we also have Chewy. How's it going, mate? I'm good, I'm good. I've got the youngest daughter who seems to play the most grown-up games in comparison, so... Yeah, I don't know whether I'm doing something right or terribly wrong, but... Uh, I mean, we, we do a podcast for a kid's card game, so... <laughs> I don't think uh, age restrictions and age recommendations on games that we play are really... Uh, probably all that relevant anymore these oh, days. And there are people older than us that are into My Little Pony, so who are we yeah. to judge? <laughs> exactly. Are you t- oh, you're talking about Scott, aren't you? <laughs> How are you, Blaster Boy? Hope you're well. Love, love some My Little Pony. All right, so uh, yeah, tonight is going to be a bit of a casual night, actually. We, uh, we're we at the end of the year. It's, uh, what, the 17th of December, and uh, you know, there's, there's things to talk about, but this is probably going to be our last episode that we're recording this year. So yeah, we thought we'd keep it a little bit lighthearted, talk about some of the new cards and uh, just, you know, general whatever from the year and see how we go. So before we get into that, Chewy, do you want to tell us about our awesome sponsors? I love talking about our sponsor because they're awesome. So Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, uh, the official sponsor of the Magic Beans podcast, they allow us to do everything that we do. So Really appreciate their support. Uh, you can support us by supporting them by jumping onto the Josh and Pat's Facebook page and giving them a like. And they have nightly auctions on physical magic cards, multiple lots every night, uh, some excellent bargains to be had, and also some pretty uh, shiny premium auctions on the weekends. They've got a full-time auctioneer, so everything runs really smoothly and gets shipped to you really quickly. So. Look up Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar on Facebook and tell them that the beans sent you. Yeah, and don't forget they are currently running their massive Commander Legends giveaway. Pat's gone uh, a little bit crazy and has put six Commander Legends boxes up for grabs. So all you've got to do is be in the group yourself. So if you're not in there, join it or join it and uh, yeah, get into the group. But once you're in the group, you just need to invite a friend, have them join the group, and then comment on the giveaway post that you'll find pinned on the uh, the group. So I think that's running right up till the end of the year. And yeah, that's uh, six Commander Legend boxes up for grabs, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> like, that's I don't, insane, I don't, yeah. I don't, that's like a thousand bucks of cards. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, that's if, a lot of stuff. So, if you can get yeah. them, they're just super hard to get at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Pat's got connections. He'll make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, yeah, we might start off by having a look at some of the new preview cards. So, we know that there's a new set coming out, Kaldheim. We've we've known the name of it for quite a while. We know the name of the, you know, most of, or actually all of the sets that are coming out next year, all the standard sets at least. And, yeah, the, the first one that will be released on the 5th of February is Kaldheim. And Wizards kind of came out a little while ago and said it was going to be a, a, a metal-themed set. Uh, which we didn't quite know exactly what that meant, but we saw recently the uh, the secret lair metal. Uh, what, what was the the tagline for that one? Shred shred hard or something like that. But uh, yeah, they were some some very interesting art on uh, on those. So it sort of gave us a little bit of a preview. But yeah, this week they uh, they came out and actually started the preview season, and they've done something kind of cool. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch them, but they've teamed up with a bunch of metal bands from all around the world 
uh, some, well, one of them I've heard of before, the rest of them I hadn't. And uh, yeah, they've got these metal bands to do a little promo where they, uh, you know, talk about who they are and whatever, and uh, then preview one of the new cards. So have you guys seen those? Yeah, man. Yeah, don't like them. <laughs> don't like them, okay. No, no. Um, I I think it's, uh, the concept's okay, but it, to me it feels a little bit, I don't know, I don't want to get on, go on a rant, but uh, yeah, it. <laughs> it feels a little bit disingenuous that a whole bunch of bands that have never heard of Magic are being paid to promote it. Uh, I just don't love it. Uh, I get what it was it's a trying to do, but I think they've missed the mark a little bit. And there's a whole bunch of content creators that have been, you know, building the audience and, uh, and, you know, like we are way small fish. This doesn't affect us at all. So this isn't me having a winch about the effect it has on our platform because we're not big enough to get preview cards. But there are a bunch of content creators out there that have been quote unquote paid in, in, uh, uh, exposure. Exposure. That's what I'm looking for. Yep. Paid in exposure to promote uh, a product that doesn't, and that's free for wizards to do. So they've got this community of content creators out there and they give them the privilege of promoting one of their cards for a new set and no remuneration for it. And then they can go and, you know, contact a band's management and pay a band to talk about something that they've got no idea about. Uh, and, yeah, it just feels really disingenuous to me. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I, I like the concept of it, but given that they've refused to pay content creators in the past, it uh, feels like a bit of a cop-out to me. Don't Rebuttal. That is <laughs> how marketing works. Bad news, everybody. I'm really sorry, but if you want your brand out there and you pay people that are high-profile, right, that are not even necessarily have any idea. Do you think Danny Trejo actually knows about Gigantosaurus and what that card does? Do you think he did that for free? No. Exactly. So this is not new. No. They've picked bands that have got like songs that are like Viking heritage, like Mastodon and some of the other ones, right? So look, I'm not a big metalhead. Some of their stuff is cool or not. One but- dude from Mastodon has Viking heritage. None of the South American guys have Viking heritage. That's fine. I'm not saying they all do, but I mean, if like a <laughs> bunch dude. of Mast- uh, Mastodon songs are in that vein, though, right? Like yeah. they do sing about Vikings yeah, and, and, and warriors. And I'm saying and that, sort of that okay, so what Chewy, they're trying I- to do has merit. The okay. execution is what I have an issue with. What is the problem with the execution? That they have. So there is people out there that have higher profiles in the magic community than bands that, you know, Shorty's heard of one band out of all the ones, right? Yep. That is, that will be. A huge proportion of the magic community who are like, oh yeah, I think I've heard of that band. They're, they're not metalheads yeah. in, in the thing, absolutely. They're not, the try, thing. They're, they're not they're trying not, to reach the magic community. Yeah, they're not targeting the magic magic community. They're trying to broaden the magic community by targeting people who are not in the magic community but are into metal yeah, and yeah. go, oh, I'm into metal. I, I really like this band. Oh, hang on, this band's promoting this thing yeah. called magic. Hang on, and they've got a, a, they've got a set of that's those about bands, magic. The whole bunch of those bands' fan base are like, what are these sellouts? Like commercial yep. selling a product they've never heard of, like it goes against everything that's metal. <laughs> like it's just- how would how would that band or how would the fans of that band think if if they got a sponsorship by Red Bull or Coke or, or any other company that's not related to them at all, and they promoted them? It's no different. That's that's just advertising. That's it's, that's it's, what you do. It's literally like yeah, complaining that some that someone has put up an ad on Facebook for like 
magic it's, cards. It's, it's like the old people we get that complain when we do a sponsored thing on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny. I get what yeah, you're saying, it's Chewy. Like, I do. It's, just, it's, it's disingenuous. It's and not, as I said- it's not, like, it's not. I don't see how it's disingenuous. No, you're, yeah, you're, no, picking, you're picking up on one very small part of what I said. I no, said, I, I think the concept is good. Right. I think the execution is poor given the history. I'm trying to understand how the execution is poor. They have chosen an outlet to spend their marketing budget on. That marketing budget has gone towards bands that they think are tied to this and they're trying to take a different angle rather than traditional advertising avenues. Yeah. You you pay so, you pay some content creators, you know, you go, okay, let let's pay MTG Goldfish to promote this metal thing because, you know, Saffron Olive looks like a Viking. All you're going to do is have people go, okay, well, we already listened to MTG Goldfish and we already buy Magic products. We were already going to buy this set. Cool. The fact that so you've, the marketing you've literally team, done nothing. The fact that the marketing team thinks that metal and Vikings are one and the same thing just because Vikings have beards and are aggressive and therefore me- people that play metal with beards and play aggressive music must be the same thing. That in itself I, I have an issue with uh, because they're – you know, it's a great, again, get the concept But they've picked, they've picked bands specifically that do write songs in this they genre. They have picked yeah, they very do. safe, sanitised bands that- Yeah, which is fair enough. You're not, you're not going to pick a controversial band because <laughs> that's just not going to make you look good. But I've, I listened to, like, I've, I've obviously I've watched these promos. Yeah, me too. And I've gone, I've gone and listened to some of the songs of these bands and- a bunch of them are singing about dragons and dwarves and, you know, killing things with axes and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, they may not actually be Vikings, but they're singing about stuff that's in this set. And this set, they said, is a is a metal set. It's it's not necessarily a Viking set. There's elves and all sorts of other stuff in there as well. So, But it is a metal-themed set. So why wouldn't you then pair that with a bunch of metal bands who have a following all around the world and try and spread your brand to new people. So then we get new people into the game. So I, I like it. I can see how some people aren't a fan of it, but that's that's just marketing. Like that's that's a it's, smart way to do it. It's very on the nose, right? Like it's it's not very subtle. And, you know, that's, no. that's, and, that's, and, that's and I think you only have to watch- Very really is. The thing you only I'm, have to watch some of those episodes, some of those videos to go- here is somebody reading from a script because they got paid to. They have. There's yeah, no yeah, passion in it, and, and that 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 is. And you get Danny Trejo. He's an actor, right? And he, you know, even if he has no idea what's going on, he's going to make you believe that he does, right? So we. we do, do you think Mark War knows all about uh, air conditioners and and things like that when he's on on the ads promoting those? Well, that's Mark no. Taylor for one. <laughs> Whoever uh, it Mark, is, yeah. <laughs> Mark Wall does uh, life uh, health insurance, doesn't he? Yes. Or is it Steve? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that's that's how ads work. You pay you pay a high profile person and you get them on your ad and they talk about something they know nothing about, but you're getting people go you know looking at that ad going, oh hang on, I know that person. I recognise yeah. that person but from that sport that or whatever. Bands are say- like the bands know that this is bad, right? You can see that they're doing it because their manager told them to. Mark. Taylor's doing it because he wants a career after cricket and, you know, he's had media coaching. He's not just a dude who wants to, you know, bash stuff with sticks or shred his fretboard and, you know, bring his art to the world or her art to the world. It's, uh, it's such a, it's, it's too long of a bow to get these bands into too long of a bow. The, the bridge that they're trying to cross is too wide and the, 
the delivery of the it was there was cringy. Some of those videos I was cringing watching. Going, yeah, a couple, I feel a couple sorry of them were a li- were a little bit cringy, but yeah, like some of them I was actually really impressed with. Like the the band sounded really cool, and the way they were talking about stuff was like, oh, that fits oh. in perfectly. And, and the bands are doing it because they're like, hey, there's like however many million magic players out there that'll do exactly what you've done, and we'll watch our yeah exactly watch our videos and whatever. There's, there's also however many million people that are fans of theirs that are now potentially checking out magic. So. Seems like smart smart marketing. Uh, I, to me. I think it's better for the bands than it is for Magic. Yeah, possibly, but that's how you go. When you're when you're a small fish, you uh, you target the bigger fish to uh, help you increase your uh, your pool. So that's how it goes. So we might have to uh, agree to disagree there and uh, actually get into talking about some preview cards. But well, I have one more thing. I think the go. most egregious thing out of all this is it's a metal set. But I mean, we're not back in Mirrodin. What is going on here? <laughs> it's a different sort of metal. Terrible. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not weird, warped, I'm crazy, uh, broken metal. <laughs> new, new for Rexia, anybody? Yeah, yeah, no. Well, though, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up back there. Uh, oh, that'd be good. Well, not 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 next year. Probably the year after, because I reckon we're about due. And I actually haven't experienced either of the Phyrexian sets in, uh, or the Mirrodin sets in standard, because I uh, I sort of started playing just as Mirrodin was rotating out, and then I was on a break when the, uh, what was it, New Phyrexia and that came mm. out, so. Mm. Yeah, I went to the pre-release for New Phyrexia, I think, and that was about it. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, I might have done that too. That, that was in Geelong. We got Geelong? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was about the only time we played in three years. <laughs> All right, well, let's have a look at some of these previews. So, some of them are definitely uh, very Viking-themed and things like that. So, Cracker, have you got something you want to kick us off with? Sure. Let's start with the most... Nordic sounding one of Halvar, God of Battle. <laughs> wow. I gotta say, sweet um, alternate art here. Yeah. With yeah. The, the Norse inspired frames. Check them out. Uh, but Halvar, God of the Battle, is he's a god. And it says, he's two and two white for FO4. Uh, creatures you control that are enchanted or equipped have double strike. At the beginning of each combat, you may target, you may ta- attach target aura or equipment attached to a creature you control to a target creature you control bit of a mouthful <laughs> that, was, that, was that, out. that was wordy <laughs> attach if you don't know is you get to move at i mean it doesn't matter so much here but at instant speed uh for zero cost in in this particular case but it is from something that is equipped already so you don't get to move it from like something that's not equipped it can't just be an artifact or equipment in this case that's just lying around it's got to be on a creature already but i mean there'll be other things to do interesting thing about halvar god of battle is it is a double face card or a modal card or whatever we call these things and the other side is called sword of the realms which is his sword which you can see in the art and it's one and a white for a legendary artifact equipment and it says equipped creature has plus two plus oh and vigilance and whenever equipped creature dies, return it to its owner's hand. Its equip cost is one and a white. What do we think mm, about Halvar? Uh, straight into my equipment commander deck for one. <laughs> sure. Uh, that's a, that's sure. a no-brainer. Yeah. I think I I don't want to harp on to my previous point, but I think I've realized what my biggest issue is with this set is that the Scandinavian Viking folklore is amazing and they've watered it down a little bit by attaching metal to it just for marketing reasons. We could have had a sweet Viking set, not a metal set, and I think I would have been happy. Anyway, um, I think this card fits in really well with the uh, the equipment payoffs that we've seen in the previous set, and we did say that when we looked at the previous set going, yeah, yeah. there's not that 
critical mass of equipment, we just might get that. So I am looking forward to to seeing some sort of red white based uh, mid range equipment deck that can do some cool things. Mm. Um, and this card, I'm particularly in older formats potentially, and probably Commander. Uh, having a look at the uh, the living weapon um, mechanic, and because yep. you can get some pretty good equipment that come in with you know Batiskull. an effect. Yeah, like you can just you know move Batterskull around and some of the others as well. So because the equip costs are quite high, but you get you know it's a creature when it comes in. So there's some space to explore there that I'm. I'm interested in. I don't know how good it is, but uh, you know, gets a creative juices going. Which for a you know a white creature or an equipment, creative juices don't often flow. They're normally pretty linear. Where this, you know, to its credit, uh, opens up a few doors there. So uh, I think they've hit the mark pretty well with this card. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like we assumed that there were going to be gods just based on the, you know, the the Norse theme and, and all that sort of stuff like the, obviously there's a lot of mythology around that sort of area so we we kind of made that assumption that there would be gods but we didn't know what form they would come in because we've seen a few different types with the you know, the armaket gods and all that sort of stuff um the, the theros ones as well all different types but these seem just they're basically just a creature like they're not indestructible or anything like that which is is interesting they do have a god subtype though um the thing i like with this card is that like if you you know you're playing say you play four in your deck you can play it as the creature side and then when you draw the second copy you can then play the equipment side of it because they're they're different cards they're they're named differently and then you can attach this dude with his own sword and and things like that so flavor win the artifact is a legendary one as well so if you draw the third one you kind of go oh yeah yeah but yeah that's that's just a cool way of doing it so I'm, i'm tipping we will see more of these like these double faced gods that have you know, they're the god on one side and the uh, equipment, whatever their, their yeah, special equipment is. Yeah, this has got cycle is. written all over it, right? Yeah, definitely. Yep. I'm assuming there'll be a hammer of some sort and maybe yeah, the a red staff. One. The red one will have a, <laughs> some sort of Thor, Thor-esque hammer. Yeah, yeah. So, nah, pretty cool. Um, Chewies, uh, what's taken your interest? Uh, there's a, a, a few and there's, uh, there's actually some like more casual ones that I, I am interested in, but I'd be remiss if the spike in me passed up on Pyre of Heroes, uh, like New Pod, right? Uh, it it is uh, that sort of Nordic, you know, um, burial thing with the the burial pyre. But uh, Pyre of Heroes is uh, a two mana artifact, uh, two colorless, uh, and you can pay two tap this artifact sacrifice a creature <clears throat> pardon me uh search your library for a creature card that shares a creature type with the sacrifice creature uh and has converted mana cost equal to one plus the creature's converted mana cost put that card into the battlefield then shuffle your library activate this only as a sorcery so it lets you go tribal uh there is some contingency for that built into this set uh, and we'll talk about the introduction of reintroduction of changelings i'm sure but yeah, a, uh, a two-mana birthing pod that lets you tutor up creatures. Having a, uh, a toolbox creature deck in standard uh, seems pretty cool. We can uh, have a look at what uh, what creature types are out there. There's a whole bunch of warriors from the previous set and this set. Um, and, you know, jump jump onto Scryfall and do a search by creature type and you can find some potential homes for this. So I think it's going to be a... a st- a deck. It'll be a deck in standard for sure. Yeah, if we see some sort of 
tribal creature deck where you get a lot of enters the battlefield triggers on your creatures and you can just sort of go up the chain with your with your pyre and uh, go from one creature to the next and, and end up i don't know wherever <laughs> wherever it is that you want to end up with your your chain of things like you, you would in pod well if you've got halvar's equipment on your creature you can sack your creature go and get a creature upgraded and return that creature to your yeah, hand return to your hand yep. yeah so yeah, a few different things like that yeah, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of space to to work with there as well. Yeah. So ag- again, like the the creative juices, and that's something with a lot of these cards have that potential. It's like this is potentially really powerful, and there's a puzzle here I really want to solve and yeah. and, and to make this work. So that's that's definitely where I'm at whenever I am reading these uh, these preview cards because it's like ooh ooh oh there's a thing, and then <laughs> you start to join these dots, and it, you know you become like the the you know the all the newspaper clippings with the string on your wall, and that's 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 me trying to build decks out of this set. So, yeah, I wonder whether it will reach back into modern, and you could play it in five color humans. Hmm, maybe. I don't don't know. I haven't paid enough attention to modern lately. To, no, uh, but to know. I mean, or you know, like there are a bunch of or, you know, like I mean, elves tend to have its own engines as far as tutoring up cards and things, particularly in like legacy and things, but. Goblins, historic goblins, go find yeah. you whatever yeah, you like, want. The only thing I think with it is you you have to get a creature with converted mana cost equal to one plus that creature's converted mana cost, so it's not equal or less. So you you have to go up the chain. You can't just go and get another creature. That's how pod works. That's how pod works yeah, as well. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. It just kind of it kind of limits. It means you have to have and so like a deck like humans in modern. I don't think like. You've got what Thalia, three mana Thalia, I think, and that's basically it. Uh, sure, but, but you could no, go bigger. The mage. Yeah. No, he's saying you, you, your curve ends at three. Yeah. But you've got oh, yeah. you've got There's ones a- like you've got champions of the parish or whatever that you could upgrade to two drops or whatever. You, you know, like you don't have to just keep going from you know one to two to three to four to five. You can just go one to two, one to two, one to two. Yeah. Yeah, and just upgrade your battlefield. And yeah. there is um, there is some sideboard cards that had four mana ones, like when. It- there was the white creature that gave all your creatures a protection from a color when they got played. It was the kind of the mirror breaker as well. But it could, we could see a different, more mid range version of the humans deck. So try, rather than being a beat down deck, it could be more of a, um, a, a mid range deck. Maybe like a, a hate bears style, um, deck might see something like this you as well. Played in Eldrazi. Uh, yep. <laughs> Probably. Uh, it, you it's can compet- sack, your, sack your matter reshaper and go oh, and get a you- thought not seer. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's some pretty good value. Uh, it's competing. Go and get your reality smasher. <laughs> yeah, it's it's competing uh, against uh, Maze Mind Tome in that slot, so would require some testing to see if it's better than that because that card's mm. pretty good in the Eldrazi deck. But um, yeah, but I think that's yeah that's a good spot for it potentially. Yep. What about you, Shorty? What have you seen that you like the look of? Well, I guess we probably should talk about the the headline card. I guess is probably from the set, which is the the Kaya. The inexorable. So this is the Kaya Planeswalker. So we've seen Kaya in, in a couple of sets previously, uh, and this one is three white black. So five CMC for five loyalty Planeswalker, uh, plus one. Put a ghost form counter on up to one target non-token creature. It gains when this creature dies or is put into exile. Return it to its owner's hand and create a one-one white spirit creature token with flying. Seems pretty good. Uh, minus three exile target non-land permanent. Also good. And minus seven, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may cast a legendary spell from your hand, from your graveyard, or from among cards you own in exile without paying its mana cost. 
also pretty good. So the plus one I'm tipping the majority of the time, you're going to be targeting one of your creatures. And, you know, if, you, if you're if teeing this up with something like the, the uh, pyre we were just looking at, you can sacrifice that creature and get it back in your hand and get a 1-1 spirit as well as getting the creature that you go and search your library for. So that seems pretty good. Minus three exiling a non-land permanent. It just straight up doesn't matter what permanent it is except for a land. We're going to exile that. It's pretty good because that still leaves your Kaya on two loyalty. So that's pretty solid. That's that's what you want in a, uh, you know, say potentially like an Esper control deck. Uh, you want to be able to deal with whatever the most problematic permanent is uh, for good and, and putting it into exile is pretty good with that. And getting that minus seven is not that hard. Like, you know, two, two turns of plusing and you're at minus seven and then... You can actually minus seven it, and then you know the Kaya will die. But on your next upkeep, you can then just cast it straight back out of your graveyard for free. So, as well as anything else you want to uh, cast out of your uh, your hand, your graveyard, or from exile. So, I think this one's going to be pretty interesting. It's, uh, I don't know if we'll see a white black controlling type deck, or if it will just be an Esper, which you know we've already got. But yeah, it seems like a pretty solid planeswalker. It's an engine, right? In itself, yeah. it's pretty self-contained in that, and like it's you know it's five mana. Uh, it's not uh, too expensive for standard. Like we've seen six mana planeswalkers have an impact in standard. So yeah, I think uh, and it ticks all the boxes, right? It when you look at a planeswalker, you want it to be able to come down and protect itself, and it does that in a really good way. It just exiles yeah. a thing, anything. Uh, as well as being an engine, so seems pretty gas. Mm. What do you think, Cracker? Yeah, I like casting it. got, stuff from graveyards. I know. Yeah, that's, uh... it's, it, it's got some good synergy with um, escape as well, where you're exiling things. Yeah, and I mean, Kai's always dealt in that space, right, where she's uh, bringing things, uh, dealing damage based on exile or exiling cards out of graveyards and then getting an effect from it. So nice continuation of her style. But um, yeah, I think I don't know. Hopefully we see something else. Like it'd be interesting if there was more of like a a self mill kind of theme, or you know, like just we we haven't seen any of that for a little while in standard, where you know you're getting a lot of value from directly just you know trying to dump you know twenty or thirty cards in the graveyard. But yeah, it there's, was um, there's a lot of payoff. Stitcher Supplier was the last card that I can think of that really constructed. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, a definitely a theme a set or two ago with self mill. In, but it was none of the cards were constructed worthy, but it was a solid yeah, was the, limited the, archetype. The Golgari yeah. thing with the uh, un- under- undergrowth, was it? Was that yeah, the yeah, yeah, but, but that, that was it just, never made a that was just never bad. Made an impact on yeah. yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't all that good. I think no. the only real card that got played from that was the glow spore shaman. No, there was a spider that came in and fought something with flying, and it got uh, plus one plus zero for the number of uh, creatures in your graveyard. Sure. I uh, can't even remember what it was called. That's how uh, how good it was. But but from a limited perspective, it was solid. But you know you've yep. got to got to get self mill. If if, if self mill exists in this set, which we haven't seen the full set, so we might, but we haven't seen anything yet. But you also have to open a mythic <laughs> to make it work. So <laughs> you've also got to uh, plus, plus this three times, yeah, or plus I mean, it twice to get there. Yeah, it seems good. I think yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good card. Yeah, it's it's good, well good card. It, it doesn't seem inherently broken in half. No. Um. So I mean that's. Good start. Uh, yeah. It's- <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Not not broken. Okay. We can we we can accept that. I yeah, think yeah. this card will potentially be really impactful or do nothing uh, in the format, and it it's not this card's fault if it does nothing. It's just that it doesn't have the support around it, right? Yeah. So it just needs some um, 
some cards to to help its own engine. Uh, all right, yeah. Cracker, give us another one. Uh, all right, let's talk about Changelings. Mm. So there is a card called Realmwalker. Yes. Which Love is it. two and a green for a creature shapeshifter. It is a Changeling, and this card is every creature type. So you'll see uh, if you look through the, the spoiler, there's a bunch of dwarf synergies, there's elf synergies, there's giant synergies. Guess what? This thing is all of those things. Uh, it says it's, that this is a mechanic we've. This was first in Lawn Block, the changeling was. that we saw, and it, it's been in. I think it's been in a couple of the core sets since then, but we haven't seen it for a while. No, but yeah, if At, you've never played with it before, it is it is interesting to it's, uh, to play. It's, with. it's strange. Um, yeah. It was also in the what was the was that Bitter Blossom? What set was that? Yeah, that was with Lawn the Block. fairies. Yeah, because you could yeah. use that. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, Mutavolt was a changeling. Yes. So look, yeah, it, it when you see things that are everything, like every creature type, or you know that means pay attention. So this is a, a rare, is worth pointing out. Uh, it's a two three. It also has a bunch of other text. So it says, as Realm Walker enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. I mean, powerful effect, right? Mm. Yeah, uh, card advantage, right? Yeah. It's well, it's it's almost like. Almost like Future Sight. No, not quite. But, you know, it's it's that kind <laughs> it's of thing. It's also a whole lot cheaper ending green. So it is. It's, sure. it's yeah. actually, it's closer to like Vizier of the Menagerie if you were playing, I mean, yes. I know you guys were, uh, a few sets ago in the like Hour of Devastation yeah. um, Amonkhet um, block. Amonkhet block. Yeah. So that was like a four mana three, four that let you cast creatures from the top of your deck and yeah. you could look at the card at any time. So look, honestly, the ability to peak the top of your deck should not be underlooked. That's actually really powerful, particularly Especially if you, ha- if you, you have a way of manipulating it. it. Yeah, yeah, if you've got a way of scrying cards to the bottom or something. We were talking about Maze Mind Tome before. Gas. If if you know, like you, you just get extra info, so um, you know you don't have to draw that card in the dark. You, you can know what's going on. Even things that let you shuffle, like the yeah. um, Fable Passage. Fable, Fable Passage. <laughs> yeah, so you can go. You know, once you've got your fourth land, you can choose not to. Not to sack it right away if you've got the card you're looking for on top. And yeah, it just, it's access to more information, right? And access to more information means more informed decisions, which probably means you're going to make the right decision more often, which translates into game win percentage ultimately somewhere <laughs> down the line, right? I mean, if you could, for me, it just gives me more opportunities <laughs> to stuff up because I've got more information to make wrong choices with, but that's fine. Yeah. Look, it, hard to say. Obviously, we've, we've got like 28 cards of the set. Uh, who knows what will actually be good. But there's a bunch of elf stuff here. Obviously, being in green leans towards that. So, uh, I will be keeping my eye on what other changelings we have. And, yeah. you know, there's like Magda, which I assume we'll talk about. Yep. The other thing to point out with the changeling is that it counts for your party mechanic stuff. So, we, oh, had, that, pickup. Yeah. we had that in the, the last set with the party mm-hmm. mechanic. So, this doesn't count for every party member. It just counts as one of the party members, but it can help fill in those gaps. So same as you're gonna, beast. Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna find those random cards that the the first time you looked at the, with the party mechanic, it was like, oh, you know, it's it's not good enough. But when you can start triggering and, and getting that party count up much easier with a bunch of shapeshifters in your deck, that's gonna help. And then we also have the D and D set coming out towards the end of the year. Uh, to, towards the end of next year, which 
it's pretty safe to assume we're going to see the party mechanic in that set again. That's that seems a, a pretty obvious one. So having access to these changelings just sort of floating around in uh, in the sets is going to be pretty good. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's going to... It's, and it's good. It's a bit like the equipment theme that we touched on earlier and we'll talk about the first card. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, this seems really good, but it's not cutting the mustard But because it doesn't have the support. So once that support comes, then, you know, even, you know, cards from a set ago or two sets ago uh, become interesting again and, and players that have purchased those all of a sudden, you know, they can play with those cards again. So Wizards uh, did a really good job of that recently with the vampire set. Right, yes. so the, the vampires out of Ixalan kind of weren't quite there, and then they printed Soren, and all of a sudden vampires is like a tier one deck for the last three months of that standard before all the um, Ixalan vampires rotated out. So I expect we'll see something similar with the party mechanic, given when the D and D theme set will come out, and then rotation will be, I think, close to that as well. Anyway, yeah, they'll, they'll all be in standard together for a time. Yes, and, and the beauty of timing it that way is if if they're too good then they're only there for a couple of months. They're not there for two years. If the if you know, if they print these things too close together, then they can end up with, you know, a, a problem and we might end up with bannings. But if they do it like this, <clears throat> might end up with bannings, you know. <laughs> so, uh, What's that like? I've never, we've never had bannings before. That'd be a new experience. Not in standard. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Nine cards or something in the moment? Uh, Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's, uh, I, I think this card will definitely see play in um, in some tribal action and it looks like we've got some tribal decks on the way with the uh, with the or party as, as Shorty said so yeah, yeah this seems like a, a nice little piece of glue to hold those sort of decks together yep uh, cracker you mentioned Magda so mm-hmm. Magda brazen outlaw it's a one and a red for a two one legendary creature dwarf berserker. Uh, this one has the alternate art as well. The the alternate art's kind of sort of like the storybook cards that they did for Eldraine, but yeah, it definitely has that um, Norse or whatever theme border around it. Looks looks very cool. There's some cool art on those. I'm looking forward to seeing those. Uh, yeah, so this one is uh, other dwarves you control get plus on plus O. So there's that uh, the creature types, uh, lords and things getting around like we were just talking Pumps about. Pumps up your changelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, create a treasure token. Very on theme with the dwarves. And uh, sacrifice five treasures. Search your library for an artifact or dragon card. Put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So, interesting. I mean, you've got to, I guess you've got to have a way to tap your dwarves or you're just attacking with them and creating treasures. But, yeah, being able to sack five treasures, and I'm assuming that we're going to see plenty of other cards uh, in this set that also create treasures uh, do we have anything in standard at the moment that makes treasures i know there is in historic but i can't remember something that makes standard. a gold token but i don't think there's anything that makes no treasure. there's there's no treasures at the moment yeah but yeah being able to sack five treasures which is probably not that hard to get and being able to go and get some sort of funky artifact maybe a uh an embercleave potentially or a uh, or a dragon if there's some crazy big dragons with uh, with some good enters the battlefield triggers is is pretty cool so and if there happens to be a bunch of dwarf synergies going on, well, then here we go. We've got a got a dwarf lord, so, yeah, could be cool. Hey, play sure this in seven dwarfs. Sure. Um, Immediately under that card is a thing called Gilded Assault Cart, which is one red red for a vehicle. So you want to tap your dwarves without having to yeah, send them yeah, in. Okay. Yep. This thing is Crewing a 5-1 with trample, crew, 
right? It means you tap a creature with power two in this case, or any number of creatures. So you can actually overpay for memory. You can. Yeah. Any number of creatures, okay. yeah. <clears throat> so I, if you wanted to, and then it's a sacrifice two treasures, return gilded assault cart from your graveyard to your hand, which is pretty great. I'm so, going bigger. I'm going okay. bigger with this card. I I think Tinker, but in modern, where you've got all of those ways to make treasure. You've got treasure map and everything that comes with it. And then you just go and get uh, Blightsteel Colossus in modern. So it's like a two-mana tinker. You, you play treasures and you play good cards that create treasures. And then you play this guy, sack your treasures right away, Blightsteel Colossus or Enset Blightsteel Colossus. Because, mm, yeah, well, it is instant speed, so. Yeah, okay. I did see something on Twitter today, a combo for Commander. I, I didn't read it to figure out exactly what it was. But, yeah, I think uh, I think there is a combo that you can do already with, uh, with this in Commander that's... I don't know if it was an infinite thing or, but it looked, uh, sounded pretty broken. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, Chewy, what else do you got for us? Uh, angels. E- everybody who's ever tried to build an Angels Commander deck's frothing at this deck because <laughs> there's lots of them. Uh, but I, I think there's uh, one that I hope my opponents don't play against me in Limited, but one that, depending on how the format shapes up, and it looks like there's going to be a lot of creatures, so traditional control decks may come back. And I'm talking, you know, some counter spells, some sweepers, some card draw, and then, you know, playing some number of ways to win. And a six mana four five, you kind of go, eh. But, uh, Valkyrie Harbinger is at six mana four five, four double white, flying lifelink at the beginning of each end step. If you gained four or more life this turn, create a four four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. So if, if we are playing, you know, creature decks running against each other with with tri- tribal synergies and such. Worth pointing out, this card isn't actually in the main set. It's not. Nope. Ah, oh, okay. It's, so it'll be legal in standard, but it's going to yep. be in a supplemental product. Sorry, okay. I just thought I'd. Yeah, no, good to. Okay, but it is it is standard legal. Sorry. Yes. The, yes. Uh, the mythic spoiler didn't do a clear job of pointing that out, but that's okay. Um, it's um. Uh, yeah, it's a traditional control f- finisher in the in the realms of you know Baneslayer Angel and Sarah Angel and and such, and, and so some things have to line up in the format for that to be playable, especially you know in a format with Kaya and things like that. But yeah, if things do go that way, then this card is uh, a really solid finisher against decks that are trying to turn creatures sideways and, and deal twenty against you. So. Uh, and there's some, some other synergies that go with other cards in the set that, you know, uh, lean towards a theme of that with, uh, you know, Rampage of the Valkyries, which is a three white and a black for an enchantment that says... I love the art on this card. It looks, it looks, looks amazing. sweet. Yeah, I want it in foil for sure. Um, when Rampage of the Valkyries enters the battlefield, create a 4-4 four, four white angel creature token with Flying and Vigilance. So it's a 5-mana 4-4 four, four Flying Vigilance. Solid. Um, whenever an angel you control dies, each other player sacrifices a creature. So that is uh, that is a pretty sweet card in and of itself, and it's an uncommon. Um, this is kind of being uh, you know trying to keep an eye on limited in yeah, this lim- as well. Limited build around for sure. Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, that that's going to be an archetype, and there's also a um, a three minute two two that makes angels cheaper, right? So. Uh, which is also an uncommon. So 
That'll go into a lot of people's commander decks, absolutely. But uh, it's a uh, there's a a theme there whether or not you know a uh, a constructed deck, you know, Angel Tribal could ever yeah. be a thing. Probably well, there's not. Actually, there's a two mana angel there as well, Youthful Valkyrie, one and a white for a one three flyer. Whenever another angel enters a battlefield under your control, put a plus and plus on counter on it. So there's enough. Like we don't often see cheap angels, uh, so they're, they're usually the four and five mana. And, uh, yeah, we've already seen one that's only two mana, so there, there may be something there to actually fill out a curve and you can potentially build an actual angel deck. And you can top that off with um, what's the the land, the mythic land from the last set that makes two four fours. Yep. The, is it the double-faced? Yeah, yeah, the card the, whose yep. name yep, I that one. can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> uh, played it last night when I was uh, streaming Cube, but... Uh, yep. Yeah, it's a, I don't know, it, it might be a bit too cute and not actually good for standard, but uh, I, I think it's it's cool to see a, a really loved um, creature type getting some new cards injected just from a, uh, you know, wizards have uh, conflicting values with player bases. You know, you have your spiky tournament players and then you've got uh, commander players, which vary from uber casual to spiky themselves, but... There are a lot of the player base that just, you know, want to play those magic fundamentals with, you know, they want a dragon deck, they want an angel deck or whatever it might be. And, and, you know, they have years of enjoyment out of that because, you know, magic's a fun game and you can do cool stuff. So, yeah, breathing new life into those themed style decks, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Attracts new players. Certainly does. Cracker, you got anything else? Sure do. Sagas. Sagas are back, which is awesome because... I love them. Yeah, they're very very cool card design sagas. Yeah, we were all super impressed when they got put into Dominaria, right? It was the first time we saw them, and they've just kind of kept them running. So this one is called Showdown of the Scouts. It is two red-white for an enchantment saga with sweet art, because they always have sweet vertical art. Uh, So chapter one is exile the top four cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. Okay, mm. seems good. That includes playing lands, which is one of the worthwhile things to note there. Um, chapters two and three are whenever you cast a spell this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Mm. I don't know what the home is for this. I saw someone <laughs> in Discord suggesting maybe this could be like a curve topper for Feather. Maybe yeah, okay. Feather could be a thing again. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, But it's, look, interesting. Yeah. I, the first place I went with this before I realised the card was banned in every format was Fires of Invention as a <laughs> as a reload. Uh, so uh, unfortunate that uh, you don't get to see these two four mana enchantments play together. But um, I I like this as a curve topper, even in a you know just an aggressive red white deck. So uh, it's it's got a it's got a home there. I think you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, this effect is not unprecedented. It's almost like a mini experimental frenzy. Yeah, right? or like, you, a, you get, like a bigger you, light up the stage. Yeah, exactly. You get a burst of card draw, you get some value, and then, you, you know, you turn your guys that were a little bit small into something that hopefully can just let you punch through the last few points of damage. And it's the sort of card, like, even even if you don't have the creatures on the battlefield when you cast this card... You get to draw them. You, you're effectively drawing four cards, and then, yeah, that second turn, you get to cast them all, and then you start getting the uh, getting all the extra triggers and getting all the extra counters on those creatures, so... Yep, draw four kind cards of, kind of what in, in you want. Boros is pretty strong. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you stuck in top decking mode because your opponent has wiped your board and you hit this, you get to look, look four cards deeper and hopefully find some gas and start chaining some things together. Yep, pretty sweet. The only other card that I, well, cycle of cards uh, to that I want to point out here is the uh, completing the cycle of the pathways, uh, yeah. which you know Very means important. we have some pretty good mana uh, without you know we don't end up with a shock land format where everyone can just play four colors without really getting punished. Like these aren't as powerful as that, but they do allow us to cast our spells. So yeah, I don't mind them. I I think they're a good design, and finishing the the cycle is a good thing. Yeah, it was a bit weird that they. They printed six of them in the the previous set, and it was like, oh, why did you, why are we missing four? But here's the uh, the rest of them here, and not just good for standard, but good for historic. And um, I, I believe they get played a fair bit in pioneer as well. Modern, not so much. Modern, you've got your your fetch shock mana base, but yeah, definitely pioneer and historic. It's great to have the rest of these and uh, fill the set out for, uh, yeah, for the ones that have been missing. They're unexciting but necessary. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it would have been pretty tilting if they hadn't put them in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. wonder if we'll see pain lands again anytime. Uh, yeah, I, I was speculating that we were going to see them in, in a recent set, but that never happened. Yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like, I'd like pain lands, I think. Yeah, I reckon, good, good you can put them, put them in a core set, man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, maybe feel, we'll see them It was like a good rare cycle for a core set. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. You can get rid of that whiteboarded shin reef, surely. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> that, re- that would require me to have a paper tournament to go and play to actually uh, bust that shin reef out again. Soon. Yeah, hopefully next year. All right, uh, I think that'll do us for previews. So, yeah, we, we've had a small amount of previews, but there's obviously going to be more this week. Probably by the time you listen to this episode, there'll be a, a few more that we won't have had a chance to talk about. And then... Yeah, we'll get uh, a whole bunch. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how many they're doing over the Christmas break, but they tend to fire them up pretty quickly at the start of the year, and we'll, we'll get a whole bunch through there. And, yeah, the set releases on the 5th of February. So not that long until we've got new Magic cards uh, coming into this set. So pretty uh, pretty exciting. it be cool to see what this set actually does. Yeah, the other thing we were just going to sort of talk about tonight is, I guess, the year that we've had. Like, we, you know, we've we've already done twice this year. You know, we had a had our one-year anniversary and we had a, our 50th episode, so we've kind of done a, a fair bit of reflecting. But what stands out to you guys as, uh, you know, things you want to mention from this year that we haven't already talked a heap about? This, it's been an interesting year for sure. Uh, it's been an interesting year for a lot of different reasons. It's been... For me, if I just think about the the year of magic uh, and the way I've interacted with the game uh, has vastly changed, uh, obviously, because we can't have paper tournaments. And yeah, it's been really challenging to uh, stay engaged with the game a lot of the time, if, if I'm honest. Like I love going to my local game store and, and, and playing tournaments and going to PTQs and, and, and things like that. It's been a way that I've interacted with the game for a really long time. Uh, we've been really lucky with our community to be able to, you know, replace that feel with with leagues and such. But, yeah, it's uh, been a, a really challenging year. It's been also, you know, a year of bannings, which has probably dampened a lot of people's uh, enjoyment of the game as well. And we saw that with uh, the last league that we ran there was like a, a two-week period at the start of the, the league where no one wanted to play any matches because they were like, well, I'm not going to get banned. I don't want to play any more games until I know what the format actually looks like. 
So that's a bit of unfortunate timing. But what I have really loved, and you know, as I said, we've done that with our leagues, but the online play in Magic has you know been invested in, uh, and we've seen things like um, you know Red Bull, Channel Fireball, and Star City, you know, move to a more online platform. That means that you know those big events, time zone uh, notwithstanding, have been more accessible uh, to. Australia. Uh, so I, I've enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, Wizards had this, I want to be an eSport thing going on and it's expedited that development. Uh, they've got a ways to go. They're not there yet, I don't think. But uh, I've enjoyed seeing that and, you know, being our little, you know, half of 1% uh, contributor to that uh, overall has been been really good. So I've, I've enjoyed that, the, the transition to online play. Uh, as a you know, if if magic they want magic to survive in that you know against you know the other digital games, then this year has been good for that particular space. Bad for other reasons, bannings etc. But good for the growth of that. And uh, you know, a, an example is uh, you know we all work from home, and things like Webex or Microsoft Teams have b- developed five years five years of their roadmap in in one year. Uh, Magic would maybe hasn't got five years along, but has gotten more than they would have roadmapped for 2020. So yeah, I think that's good. And that just means more more Magic availability. So paper tournaments will come back in time, but we'll also have uh, higher level online events that people can also engage with. So it just means more access to Magic for everyone. So I think that's great. It's been a painful year, but I think at the end of it, we'll come out with uh, maybe even some sort of organised, organised play. It should be good. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> a bit of a long-winded answer there to say that, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, Magic Online or Online Magic, is Magic Online and Online Magic are different things, but uh, yeah, Online Magic's become a, there's uh, seen a lot of innovation uh, which is, you know, necessity breeds innovation, and, and we've seen that. It's good. Yep. Cracker, what do you reckon? The events we've run. The, the We kind of bookended the year, I think, really nicely with the um, the bushfire event we ran right at the start of the year. Remember we, remember we had bushfires at the start of the year? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a thing. Des- destroyed, like, <laughs> millions of acres of Half of land. Australia. Yeah. Uh I, I, that, was, that was a lot of fun. And then, obviously, the envy we just had, which was unreal. And just getting to make a bunch of new friends. You know, there's been a whole bunch of people that have joined in and you just kind of get to hang out with them daily just on Discord and stuff and chatting to people. It's just been sweet. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What about you, Shorty? Is it just been editing endless hours of <laughs> Chewy's ums or is it, that's been your highlight, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, um, I'll just leave those in there just for you, Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell you're out of practice. Yeah, yeah. You got a uh, get a little bit of vibrato is the the key. Yeah. Yep. No, look. Uh, I mean, this year for me has been compared to last year. Like we we started the podcast in what July last year, so it was only five months of of doing this stuff last year, and then a whole year this year. So it's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun and. Yeah, just seeing the the growth that we've had has been been amazing, and, and all the events that we've been able to put on, and just makes me 
super excited for for next year and, and seeing you know this time next year what are we saying about how much we've grown or hopefully we've grown <laughs> hopefully we're not next year going okay that's the end of the magic beads podcast we've had enough i don't think so I, th- I think we'll be doing this for a while but yeah that's that's been pretty cool but i think sort of similar to what you said chewy the way i've i interact with magic has massively changed this year and, I, and i've played so much more magic this year than i have in previous years just because everything has moved so much onto to digital play which is definitely good but as we experienced when we got together when was that last week at chris's place and we we drafted your cube a couple of times that was something that we really missed and you know we all sort of when it when it was down to half a dozen of us left at the end of the night and we're all sitting around just laughing our guts out we all had that same sense of like okay this is what we've missed we've missed actually getting together with people and playing games of magic and and that actual like face-to-face social interaction so we've had magic we hadn't had the gathering right exactly and and, you know that's been bandied about a lot this year but it's definitely something that has been missed but yeah getting to play the volume of magic that that we're able to play now is is pretty cool and like you said with sort of the organized play thing i mean if you look at the way we interacted with tournaments last year like i'm I didn't play Magic Online. You didn't play Magic Online tournaments as as such. You know, you weren't playing in in the uh, trials or whatever they're called on on Magic Online. Cracker, you weren't doing either of those either. So we weren't playing. You know, we'd play a bit of arena, but there weren't there weren't digital events that we could actually play in. We were playing one paper event every three months or something like that, and and that was kind of it. Whereas now, literally every weekend or almost every night of the week, you can actually be playing a tournament that has prizes you know cash and and various prizes and store credits and and different things like that or a tournament that's actually leading into wizards organized play structure and potentially getting you to you know the caldime championship that's that'll be coming up in a few months that sort of thing where you can potentially get into the rivals league or the mpl or whatever and and that's just happening all the time now which 12 months ago just didn't exist so that's pretty cool, and and like you said, Chewie, you know, Wizards have probably had to fast track their plan. <laughs> Wouldn't be five years, but yeah, probably probably two years worth of fast tracking they've had to do, and it's had some issues along the way. But I think they've done a done a pretty good job, and I think Magic's in a pretty cool place at the moment. So it'd be interesting to see where they go next year and and where we can go with it. So I ended up with a long winded answer as well. How's, how's that? Spending Just too much to... time with me, <laughs> virtually. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I guess that's probably going to be it from us uh, for this year. So, sort of looking forward to next year, we will we will have a few weeks off. We've, you know, the next few weeks we've got Christmas and then New Year's. So, it's unlikely that we're going to record anything and then uh, we may get something out in that first week of January. We'll, we won't make any promises. We'll see how we go. So, you probably have a couple of weeks break from the, the Magic Beans, but... You can go back and listen to some old episodes or things like that and, uh, you know, get your, your Magic Beans fix. So I'm sure one of us will probably be streaming at some point over over that time. We'll still be active on Discord. Holiday Cube. Yeah, yeah I think uh, yeah, you and Cracker are planning to uh, do some uh, do some holiday cubing together, hopefully on stream as well. And, yep, uh, that's, a, yeah, that's we'll, the goal. We'll all be catching up over Christmas and, and playing some actual cube, I think, which, uh, which should be good. Yes. Uh, we will have a, uh, maybe on our first cast of the year, if not, it will definitely be the second cast. We will be outlining our 
Magic Beans tournament series for uh, for 2021 and uh, all the events that you're going to be able to play in and, and all that sort of stuff and our sort of plan for the year. So stay tuned for that. No details just yet. We'll, we'll keep that all secret for now. But uh, yeah, it should be, uh, should be a good year. There'll be lots of stuff for you, uh, for you to be involved in and uh, yeah, plenty of Magic being played and plenty of content going out there. So the last couple of things is just the uh, all the heaps of giveaways that are going on at the moment. So as, as we mentioned at the start of the cast with uh, Josh and Pat's, go and check out their giveaway that they've got going on for the uh, Commander Legends boxes. Um, go and join the group and, and follow the instructions on the pinned post there. Cracker, we've still got our 31 days of Christmas. Do you want to give people a rundown on that? Absolutely. So it's running until the... 1st of January, because America. Um, <laughs> but there's a bunch of different content creators that are, are tied with Magic that are donating prizes and giving them away, including us. Uh, and there's a link in the show notes to uh, enter that competition. We really, look, we're ahead of Orc's Head Magic at the moment, but they're from New Zealand, so we need to make sure that we absolutely crush them. It's just, <laughs> it's important to me. Um, no, but anyway, so yeah, look, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that's available and wizards have really stepped up. So we, we're giving away a commander deck, but wizards are putting up like deck boxes and play mats and a full foil set, which is insane. So one of every card from, I think it was. It's War of the, the Spark or Ikoria. There you go. Which are both, man, that's some huge. Good stuff in there. Spark. Can I, can I get yeah. a full set of all, all the, the planeswalkers <laughs> foils? <laughs> Hmm. I did enter myself. Uh, <laughs> see if I can as win. As did I. Yes. Uh, <laughs> All look, of my children are yes, also my children. Yeah, yeah, my wife has entered as well. Um, look, this is this is really great. And entering doesn't just enter you for the chance to win what the beans are giving away. It's for every content creator that's around there. So we will be doing a video and releasing that information, as we said, on New Year's Day. Yeah. Uh, so check us out. We'll tweet out when that goes up and, and who the lucky winner is. Yeah, we do have to mention that the uh, the prizes from Wizards are freely given by Wizards. So uh, there is no sponsorship deals with uh, with us or anything like that. It is just Wizards giving away stuff for free. So yeah, definitely uh, definitely check Tis that out. A whole, bu- whole bunch season. of booster packs as well. So yeah, the link for that's b b dot link slash Magic Beans Cast, or you can find that in the show notes as well. And the uh, the last thing we're running at the moment, Chewy, is the survey that's still going. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to run that up to the end of the year as well. Uh, basically. A lot of things happened by accident this year. <laughs> As we were just talking uh, about with Wizards fast-tracking things, we did the same thing. Exactly right. And uh, I think we we did pretty well under the circumstances, but we want to hear from our listeners, uh, our, our little community that we've got going, what do you want to see? What do you want to stop seeing? Uh, and, you know, do Shorty you want alluded- Cracker to be the host instead yeah, of me? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, and <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, Cracker, Cracker wants to be the host, I think. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. As Shorty said, we are planning, actively planning next year. We've got a, a tournament series and a whole bunch of other stuff that's happening. And there are des- some decision points in that planning that uh, we need to make. And it's really important that we get feedback from from the people that consume you know our our podcast and people that play in our leagues etc uh you know we want to make sure that we are moving in the right direction and as a little bit of cream a little bit of mayo 
on on that we oh, are man, not at the same time not That's at awful. the same time or even mayo no thanks oh, <laughs> i had i had uh wasabi aioli tonight with uh with my wedges at dinner it was incredible uh, yeah that sounds way. amazing yeah, but that's, that's really not cream good. and mayo. No, or... so maybe I'll just say a little bit of wasabi aioli from now on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, it's a Zendikar Rising Expedition pack uh, we're giving away to one lucky person who takes the uh, the five minutes or so to fill out our survey. So you can find that. Uh, it'll be in the show notes and it's in our Discord as well. So, yeah, uh, five minutes of your time, potential, you know, uh, Zendikar Foil Scalding Tarn Expedition. Guaranteed. Yes. <laughs> There'll also be an asterisk in the show notes. Yeah, yes. yes. not yes. actually guaranteed. Not actually guaranteed. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. <laughs> We'd actually need a cracker to come in with, the, you know, like, you know, the low. I was trying to think of something really, like a really bunch quick. of stuff to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All good. All right, yeah, so uh, fill out our survey. That'll be great. Thank you. Yep, it would be greatly appreciated. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be it. This is going to be the it for uh, for the end of the year for us. So, uh, yeah, massive uh, thank you to everybody who's listened and watched and, uh, you know, chatted to us in our Discord and, and just been involved in our community. It's been an awesome year. We've had an absolute blast and it's been a pleasure to be uh, doing all this stuff for all you people out there. So really looking forward to next year and, and continuing getting bigger and better. So, Make sure when you, you know, having your family dinners and your Christmas catch-ups and that sort of stuff, tell all your friends, get them all uh, onto the beans. Even if they don't play Magic, just get them downloading anyway. Get those numbers up because uh, that makes us look good, which means we can do bigger and better things for, for everyone out there. So, yeah, should be should be pretty good. Uh, thanks to you guys on the on the cast here. It's uh, It's been a fun year, and uh, I look forward to spending next year talking to you guys every week as well, as, uh, as we tend to do. Uh, if you want to be involved in the different things that we do, then the best place for that is to jump in our Discord, as we've mentioned a few times already. The link for that is in the show notes. As uh, yeah, you can always find uh, find that there in the show notes uh, every week. You can uh, buy some sweet magic beans gear, and we do have a special Christmas discount on at the moment for our merch store. Get some hoodies and t-shirts and things like that. So go and check that out. Again, the links in the show notes. Go and check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, their daily auctions, as we mentioned at the start of the episode. We are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Just search any of those places for Magic Beans Cast or Magic Beans Podcast, and you'll find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. All right, well, that'll do us for this year. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you all next time. Have a great Christmas. Christmas.